2: Log Talk Radio I told your name But you're not there Welcome to She
3: Said, She Said, Blog Talk Radio's only program of rock and roll comparisons and contrasts. I'm Lena Stagg, the culinary chef and author of the Recipe Records series, a series of four rock and roll cookbooks that mix and blend rock history, facts, trivia, and photos with delicious and easy-to-prepare recipes themed for music genres and bands.
0: Hey guys, I am Jude Sutherland Kessler, all inspired by that opening music because that was Mm -hmm. Mr. Johnny Lennon, and I am the author of the John Lennon series, a nine-volume expanded biography chronicling the life of John, of course, and his mates, the Beatles, in a researched historical narrative
3: format. And we are so excited to have you with us here tonight for two cutting edge Beatles writers, historians, and podcast hosts who have established themselves as true Beatles researchers and experts over the past years. We welcome them as part of our hashtag EyeCandy series because they are innovative, interesting, and informative. Ideal, you might say. Hence, hashtag eye candy right here on she said she said
0: i guess atlanta and i when we started thinking back when we really got to know our guests we probably met them first through their appearances on panels and group discussions at both the new jersey and the chicago fest for beatles fans and then we were very honored and privileged to write for them via ReBeat, which is their extremely popular online magazine. If you haven't checked out ReBeat, check it out via Twitter, um, Facebook. It is an excellent way to find out about music, television shows, fashion, films, and entertainment greats from the 1960s. In fact, it may even go back to the late 50s all the way up through the 80s.
3: And about a year ago, our guests decided to take their show on the road, so to speak, and create a podcast that would cover Beatles topics, from new books to Beatles music to front runners and leaders in the Beatles world. And their show is taking off because they aren't afraid to face controversial topics and to ask the hard questions. So it is our honor to welcome today the co-stars of B.C. The Beatles, Allison Boron and Erica White. Hang on, just a second, ladies. I my uh, <laughs> little thing is swirling round and round. All right, Allison and Erica, are you connected?
4: Yay. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for hi, having guys.
3: us. Hey guys. This is great.
0: So excited to be here. We are excited to have you and. Congratulations to both of you! You have started 2019 with a blast, bang, and fireworks. Because Erica, congratulations on your very recent—I believe last week—engagement. And Allison, on your fantastic new job with Rhino Records, you guys are knocking it out of the ballpark.
4: Thanks, it's been a crazy crazy, uh, year so far, but you know it's all good stuff. So pretty happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's
3: very, very exciting. We're really proud of you girls. Well, this show today is really She Said, She Said with four female podcast hosts on the program. And needless to say, it's a rarity in the Beatles world that up until 1986 was predominantly male-oriented. So how did you two find your way to becoming a prominent voice in the Beatles world? And what path did you take that led you to create See the Beatles.
1: How about we start with Erica? Sure. So I've been a Beatles fan, rabbit Beatles fan, since I was about eight years old um, in the mid to late 1980s, and you know, was that was that second generation fan kid who you know spent all day reading books instead of going out and playing sports, and that was probably good for the sports team. So I'm a terrible athlete, um, but I was just obsessed with the Beatles my whole life. And about 2014, I started. Uh, to write about them, I, I had a, a blog that I called And We Love Them, which was a website devoted primarily. To the fan community, so not just the Beatles themselves, but the, the innovative, art, exciting projects that were created in the community to celebrate the band. Um, about the same year, I pitched myself to Allison, who had already had Rebeat going strong about the same time. And so I gradually started writing more and more and more. And shortly after that, I was invited to be on my first Festival for Beatles fans panel, where I started to really meet the two of you and so many more people in this fantastic community of Beatle people. Um, as for the podcast, I've been a podcast fan since podcast started, I guess, about 10 years ago, and especially around the fandoms I love, so like Harry Potter, The Office, Doctor Who, and of course, Beatles. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the way that podcasts connect the community in this in-depth discussion in a way really no other medium can, almost like getting to have a fest panel every, every week or every episode. And mm-hmm. um, so Allison, being a podcast fan too, and after working on a number of panels together, we decided we wanted to just extend that conversation by starting our own. Uh, We've got two focuses, really. Um, We're both next-gen fans, so we really wanted to connect with other fans like us, those who may have not grown up with a ready-made fan community in their real life, and create a new community around that. Also, as women, we felt, as you mentioned, that there was a serious lack of female voices in this space, aside, of course, from the two of you. So awesome. So one of our primary missions is to give voice to underrepresented people and events, both in the Beatles story and the fan community. I love it. That is, and you that do. That is very
3: awesome. You really do. Yes, you do. You do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. I absolutely love everything you had to say. So, Allison, how about you? Tell us a little bit
4: about how you got started and, and what your background is. Yes, yeah, sure. Well, Erica really summed it up well with the podcast. at the heavy lifting on that one. Thanks, Erica. Um, I personally became a Beatles fan um, when I was 13, I believe, um, and through my English teacher who played the Yellow Submarine song track, not the soundtrack, the song track in class and I got really mm-hmm. interested in the band and the music. So I went to the library and rented help on VHS. So that'll show you mm-hmm. kind of like where my <laughs> twisted yeah. parts of my Beatles fandom come from. It's loving that <laughs> maybe at a young age. Um, but, you know, so I was, I was really getting online, like at the dawn of the internet age when, you know, teenagers could go on and like build websites. So I started to make like Beatles fan sites and, you know, get connected mm. with the community of people my age who love the Beatles and that kind of thing through so those. Um, and so like Erica, I was really immersed in the fan experience, this next gen fan experience. Um, but, you know, so I, you know, beyond that went on to college and started writing and, you know, eventually, you know, graduated from NYU and, and became decided to focus on writing almost full time. And uh, about 10 years ago, I, really started focusing on music journalism, so my background is really working with a lot of like what we would call quote-unquote legacy artists um including people like you know I've interviewed people like Brian Wilson twice I think now um wow. Graham Nash uh Ooh. Bobby Rydell who was a highlight um yeah. but you know most <laughs> recently um this past week actually my interview went live with Michael Nesmith, who was really like a bucket list um interview wow. for me oh, so that yeah. was really really it was special so good Thank you. Yeah, it was it was amazing to get to do that. Um, but ReBeat, so I started ReBeat, I can't believe it. It's, but as Erica said, it started in 2014, so it's going to be five this year. Oh, I can't believe Nine. it. Um, but that also started as a way to sort of integrate what you might consider non-traditional voices into the space, which are, you know, anybody who's not really like a straight white man <laughs> To be very, <laughs> you know, black and white about it. And yeah. we have a lot of those on our staff who are lovely and they're so passionate about what they do. And they're such great writers, but we also have a lot of younger people, a lot of women, a lot of, and we have several people of color who write for us now, which is amazing. And, mm-hmm. and so, and everybody's so passionate and just like completely committed to the music and the entertainment, like, you know, you guys said, like we have this whole bevy of kind of like what you call like retro content. Um You know, which has been really wonderful to see grow and and hit that target. Um and you know, like Erica mentioned, I've also been a frequent guest at Fest for Beatles fans since twenty thirteen. Um, have started moderating panels the last two years. And last year I got to interview um Jeremy Clyde of Shot and Jeremy Live at the New York Fest, Mm -hmm. which is which is a real highlight. So No That's kinda the rundown on me.
0: Gosh, that is so cool. Well, you've answered one of the questions I was getting ready to ask you. I think you both have answered this. But, you know, as a, I grew up with a kind of a, a newspaper journalist background. That's what I did as a teenager is, is write for my local newspaper. So I would ask you as a journalist, you know, where, what, when, and why. So how would you come up with the name BC the Beatles for your podcast? You kind of talked about the scope of the work, but give us a little bit more about that. How often do you have the podcast? Do you do a set day and time? What should people expect when they tune in to listen to BC The Beatles?
4: Well, sure. We're strictly a podcast, so we're not we're not a radio show, um, as it were. So we don't have a set time and date, which is great, because our listeners can kind of find us whenever it's convenient for them. And you can pretty much find us wherever you stream your podcast. So Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Um, you know, anywhere. And we try to post an episode every two weeks.
1: And the name BC, the Beatles, um, we wanted to really get that next gen vibe throughout our, our show and throughout our brand. So the name is kind of to signal that next gen BC being text, internet slang for because, so the full name of the show is because the Beatles and it represents, the name represents the whole universe of, events, and people we are personally obsessed with that encompass both the Beatles themselves and things that – Bring up literally because the Beatles, so related artists like one of our personal favorites, Silla Black, and nope. all the amazing fan <laughs> initiatives that have sprung up around the band. Yeah, you'll hear Silla a lot if you. Yeah, we talk about Silla like, Cilla like
4: every episode in some way. Yeah, <laughs> I love
0: that. Well, we do on right, this podcast. Great. We try to do our show live on Mondays at four p.m. Central Time, but then of course people can listen in archives afterwards. But you're kind of more free you do yours anytime because you're just relying on people listening to the archive show rather than sticking to a a live format we have a couple of people like i think dara roberts is listening in tonight and dara always has that monday 4 p.m marked on her calendar but you guys you'll you broadcast at any time and every time is that correct
1: right right we we have a a Feed on iTunes and everywhere you get your podcast. So, you know, we record about once every two weeks and then, you know, I edit it and we put it up. So we've got our whole list of archives up on any of those places. We don't really do live events yet, except for exceptions like the live episode that we did last November at the International White Album Symposium. And hopefully we'll do something similar at the next Fest for Beatles fans. Um, but yeah, all of our fantastic. podcast services have – oh, thank you. It was so much fun. So was yours. Um, yeah. So all the podcast services have a complete archive. So we have, I think, around 15 now. They're super bingeable. Um, we post the shows on our website also, BCthebeatles.com. And if you want to stay connected with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at BC the Beatles. We post Perfect. lots of articles and links and silly stuff, you know, related to our episodes and to our community in general. Cool. Awesome. That's awesome. So now that we've gotten the business
3: end squared away, let's really get into the good stuff, your shows. So who has been the most exciting guest that you've ever had on the program? And um, I know that Jude Kessler was a guest on your show and I know she had to have been the best one, so, so yeah, we can exclude Jude. 100%. And um, and besides um, Jude, who who was um, the most exciting guest that you've ever had? Well, before we talk
1: about that, let's first talk about how wonderful the episode with Jude was. She came out to celebrate John's birthday. We had a great discussion. It was on the topic of John Lennon, sinner or saint. So we talked about some of the most controversial and persistent rumors around John and we really got in the weeds with it. It, yeah, we did. it was incredible. But just yeah. mm-hmm. to, you know, eschew favoritism, we're going to talk about one other guest <laughs> that we we also really enjoyed.
4: Yeah. So, one other guest that we had besides Jude. I mean, Jude, honestly, we we loved having you on. You can obviously nice. come on anytime. Lena, we got to have you on sometime. Yeah, I talked totally about your do. recipes our last yeah. episode cuz I I'm stuck with your cookbooks. Anyway. Uh-huh.
1: Um, but I, we're actually
4: I'm thinking, thinking about game.
1: adding a segment where we cook something from it every episode. Ooh, so we are. We're uh-huh. talking about it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Especially the cocktails. What?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, know.
4: But uh, so I think like I could speak for both of us. One of the highlights most recently was having um, Rolling Stone journalist Rob Sheffield on to talk mm-hmm. about his book. Uh, Dreaming the Beatles. And Rob, you know, as, as we all know, is such a lovely guy. He's super passionate about the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, he lo- I mean, he's one of those people that you could talk about any aspect. He'll just go at it with Gusto. Um, and we just got to like span with him for about an hour and just kind of talk around a lot of subjects, like, you know, about his issues with the song My Love for some reason and pick apart like <laughs> what we all hate about certain Beatles stuff and, You know, we talked about some internet trends that were happening, like meme stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, fan culture. And he's, you know, also of that sort of next-gen mindset because he's a second-generation fan. So it's cool to talk to somebody who has obviously worked in the industry, immersed himself in pop culture as much as he has as a staff writer for Rolling Stone, and just really, like, have a lot of fun with the topic of the Beatles. And We had a lot of fun. It was for... Um, a series that we do on our podcast called hashtag Beetles Book Club. his book is our second selection, mm. so you can find that that episode available wherever you get your podcast like we said um it's it's all there in the archives
0: That sounds that's like a
4: good fantastic.
3: one a really good one
4: i know i've got yeah he's right. got to get that one
3: that's awesome uh, has anything kind of funny or un and. uh expected (laughs) happened on your show that you totally never (laughs) um, thought would happen. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. When um, years ago, I used to have my own radio program on Blog Talk, and it was the Recipe Records Show, and it was named after my rock and roll cookbooks. Well, one day, Jude was a guest on my show, and we were discussing it was it was valentine's day and we were discussing the loves of john's life and she was going in detail about may pang and we we just adore her and then suddenly there was a caller on my line and i was really new at the whole thing and i didn't know, you know, anything. I said, "Hey, hang on. Let me see what who this is on the line. Someone's calling in." And it was May Pang and uh, uh, I screamed and then I I was silent. I never spoke anymore (laughs) and Jude had to take over the whole show and it was actually, it was, it was crazy, but it was thrilling at the same time. Has anything um, unexpected happened during,
1: during your great podcast? God, I wish we'd had something that exciting happen. I think that's one of the downsides of not having a live thing. You can't have somebody Mm. call in. Maybe we need to Uh. switch our format. We'll (laughs) figure it out. I'll say that even though we don't do the show in real time, I feel like the podcast has given us a chance to have a moment, to me, almost as crazy as the one you mentioned. Almost. (laughs) So I'll say for me, one of the most exciting moments out of this podcast came as a result at the White Album Symposium this past November that we were at and we were there we did a live podcast and of course to see all the brilliant contributions from other panelists in two years was awesome and of course we especially were we especially excited to hear Mark Lewison's keynotes at least for me it was the first time Mark Lewison had ever come over to do a festival or you know conference that I was around to see so right. you know I'm such a huge fan of his work I'm such a bookworm I mean that book was just my bible and um, Allison had told me you know he kind of likes to hang out. You might get to meet him, might get to hang out with him. Like, okay, whatever, you know. So fast forward to the last night of the symposium. And Allison and I went down to the main hotel bar for a drink after the last event of the night. And first we ran into Beatles producer Chris Thomas. Got a Ooh, drink with the bar. him. Hung out with him. Ooh, it was awesome. Yeah. And not long after, who ends up walking in for a drink but Mark and his wife, Anita, who promptly come down <laughs> sit down with us. And oh. just hang out with us for hours.
4: <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Yeah. It was really fun. I mean, we took so many pictures uh. at Mark's insistence. Like, I, yeah, it was ah. like, I'm surprised my, my well, abundance and like, filled up. So
1: funny faces. <laughs> so, let's do oh this. Let's do oh, oh, that. So fun. it's like we have all these
4: random, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was really thrilling I mean I, I would agree with Erica's you know moment I you know I met Marcus and Anita at a fest or a couple fests I think back in 2014 when TuneIn came out um and they were just the lovely the lo- loveliest people super down to oh, earth yeah. like they just have you know have such a great sense of humor Marcus has such a great levity about the Beatles it's really refreshing especially yeah. within a community where I feel like so many people take it way too seriously and he sort of has this great lightness about that and love of the fan that's that's obvious in his work. So, you know, it's always amazing to get to see him and and hear him speak and hang out with him. Uh meeting Chris Thomas was awesome. It, just to see him at the bar and be like, "Hey, is it Chris Thomas? Like you should come and sit with us." <laughs> yeah. He probably wow. should do that. So,
2: <laughs> and he did. This is crazy, <laughs> crazy I
3: mean, and such a you know,
4: um
3: Allison, tell tell our listeners who Chris
4: Thomas is, some people might not. Sure. So, um, you know, Chris Thomas him. was yeah, so Chris Thomas was brought in. Um, he engineered, I believe, right, the White Album uh, because Jeff mm-hmm. Emmerich uh, was kind of off and then George Martin went on vacation. And so he left a note for Chris and said, right. hey, Chris, I'm going to be out. Um, maybe you can work with the boys, you know. Um, I'll be back, <laughs> bye. And so he peaced out um, and Chris <laughs> Thomas was left there to, uh, to kind of hold down the fort um, by himself. And I think he was like 21,
1: when it was. Happened, yeah, he's Yeah, yep. which I
4: don't know how I would handle that, but good for him. <laughs> yep. He was amazing. <laughs> they when he
0: came back in three weeks they had completed six of the songs on the White Album, George Martin was blown away by the productivity and really, you know, he told that great story about the very first day he was afraid to say anything because these, after all, were the mighty, mighty Beatles. And then he heard them saying under their breath, well, if that's all he's going to do. We don't need him. Let's just get rid of him. So the next day he came in and was ready to wrap some knuckles and, mm-hmm. you know put them through their paces he was such i thought he was really one of the most approachable people at the conference just so he wanted to tell a story you know
1: he was was great and and he was he was fun and personable yeah and one of my favorite things about that night actually was just watching him and mark lewison talk shop about Mm -hmm. just together i don't have to say words just you know watching it all it's incredible wow
0: That is phenomenal. Well, we've only got about eight minutes until the show is going to end live, but it will continue on. The archive show will go for about another ten minutes. But I want one more time in case when I'm asking you this next question it gets cut off. Tell people one more time, if they want to listen to your show, where can they find it?
4: Sure. Well, you know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify, literally. If you listen to the podcast, wherever you po- your podcast, we will be there. Um, and you can also find our full archives on bcthebeatles.com. You can connect okay. with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, email us at at bcthebeatles@gmail.com. We're always down to talk about the Beatles 24/8, as we like to say. Um, great. And, you know, <laughs> we're pretty much. It's it's not hard to find us. We're kind of everywhere, so you can I run into us account. somehow. You are
0: great. You guys are great at doing publicity too. You keep it out there and that is important because, you know, people need to listen to the show. In fact, I just picked up the recent copy of Beetle Fan magazine and your podcast was reviewed very very favorably, I might add, in Beetle Fan by Dr. Kido O'Toole this month. And she was commenting on, yeah, look under her. um, She has a review of (laughs) podcasts. And she only selected two, and yours was one of the two that she selected. So, so, oh um, my God, that's amazing. Great review. And one of the programs that she was commenting on was the program that you did on Brian Epstein. So, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, I guess
4: Brian is a a special place in your heart. Thank you, Erica. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> uh, and well, our, and our, our listeners will laugh at that because, I mean, this is like a running thing. Anyway, Brian has always been a really, really special part mm-hmm. of my life. Um, you know, I say he's my favorite Beatle. I just I I love him more than any other beetle collectively, um, which is really strange. But, um, you know, I got a degree in music business because of him. I decided going to go into this industry because of him. Um, I just really, from a young age, really connected with him on a, on a, just a personal level, on a professional level that I, you know, was, thought was really profound. Um, but we, you know, knew from the beginning of doing this podcast that we really, really wanted to start off with a strong, what uh, ep- we call the episode. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello, Brian, because <laughs> there's so, there's so much to talk about and Brian's life and his career, you know, he only lived 32 years, but he crammed a lot into that. Um, and he's, and, you know, he is something of a controversial figure in a lot of ways. You know, everybody seems to have an opinion about him and his business acumen at the very least. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we decided to address that topic specifically and a few other ones, like, you know, how Brian discovered the Beatles, you know, what's the truth behind that? Is Raymond Jones real? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and would they have made it without him? Like, what could they have done? And we talked about the fact that before, right before they met Brian, they were on the verge of breaking up, you know, this is real. Mm -hmm. Um, you know we also decided to tackle a few other more delicate parts of his life like his relationship with John Lennon you know what kind of relationship was it um, and his death which to this day is debated you know how he exactly died mm-hmm. um, and you know I mean for me I could go on forever about Brian which you know is easy to do because he's a very interesting you know deep guy but you know I think John was right um, on the nose He described him as a beautiful intuitive theatrical guy you know but i also think he was wildly complicated he was a lonely yeah. guy he was constantly searching you know and yeah. there's some there's a lot in him that everyone can relate to in some piece or another and he's so fascinating um and you know his story is not what you think it is at first glance so it goes so deep. And I'm sure that, you know, we have enough to do many other Brian episodes, and I think we might. <laughs> it's I'm sure our or
1: next episode of the Beatles Book Club is going to be a cellar full of noise, Brian. Oh, it's good. Biography. So all right. we all have a new Brian episode that will be
0: fantastic. Well, you answered the next thing I was going to ask you. I want to ask you two closing questions because um, our time is almost up. One, you know I'm going to ask you because we talked about it beforehand, but the the other one is a surprise question, and that is, mm-hmm. who is your favorite beetle and why? And, Allison, you said
4: <laughs> Brian Epstein, right? I okay, Brian Epstein. I, you know, I – but Jude, you'll be happy to know I'm starting to reconnect with my inner John girl because my favorite was there John for <laughs> the longest. All and right. Then it's complicated. I talk about it a little bit in the Rob Sheffield episode, like how I got switched over to Paul for a period. and It was a really confusing time in my life. <laughs> yeah. um, but then you know, of course, it's always been <laughs> Brian. But I think I think John might be coming, making a comeback. I love it. I as love far it, as Erica. As
1: my favorite Beatle is Paul, always will be Paul. As Allison says, I'm a shameless Paul apologist. apologist.
4: It's oh. appalling. <laughs> <laughs> I I love
1: him. I have always connected with him and his music. I feel that the the reputation of him being the light and fluffy Beatle to me, that's something I will, my personal mission is to fight against it and reveal to the world the complexity of Paul McCartney because I think he is so multifaceted, and I just, I will never have another favorite beetle in my life. Oh. Though, I will say that this podcast has mm-hmm. really started opening me up to George in a way that I've never felt before. So, I mean, maybe I can't say never. Come on over. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> over. Yeah, Elena, this, Elena is all about, <laughs> all about
3: the
0: George. Well, the question that I, well. um, that you knew I was going to ask you is, Okay, this is your chance. If everybody's listening, podcasts, live, here we go. If you could have your dream guest on your show, anybody, give us your two-minute elevator pitch. Convince that person, talk directly to them, and convince them to become a guest on BC The Beatles.
1: Mr. McCartney, well, Paul. Can I call you Paul? Yeah. I think that we would... <laughs> we would be honored to have Paul McCartney on our show. We think that we would give a very unique perspective. Um, he doesn't have a lot of female interviews. Um, if you look at his the publicity for, about Egypt station, even recently, and we think that we would have a wonderful fun time. We think we would ask him questions that maybe he's never heard before.
2: Hmm.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. You heard it. Paul McCartney, you've, just received He's a heart right now, so Paul. Formal invitation. <laughs> He's to totally start off 2000. Absolutely. Um we we would like for Paul to start twenty nineteen off right by making Allison and Erica very happy and appearing on one of America's front running Beatles podcasts, BC the Beatles, of course. So it's oh. all on you <laughs> no, now Paul, to uh get in touch with Allison and Erica via their BC The Beatles Facebook page, and let's make their dream the real deal. Do it, Paul. And to our great guests today, do it now, Paul. Thank you both, ladies. You guys have been fantastic. Jude and I sincerely appreciate you being a part of She Said, She Said and being such good friends as well. We could sit and talk about The Beatles all freaking day.
2: (laughs) So we'll make the
3: world of you both. And... We wish you a fantastic, superb 2019.
1: Oh, thank you.
4: Too. Well, thank you I
1: so much for having us. Thank can't you guys. Can't love how happy we are to be here and how important we think that your podcast is to have more female voices in this space, to have more historians that are not the typical the typical person that you would you would see a more representation. So, thank you.
0: Thank you. We have really appreciate thank you. it and. Enjoy Rhino Records and enjoy planning that wonderful wedding, and we will see you guys at the next Beatles conference. Probably, um, You're probably going to the Fest for Beatles fans in New Jersey. I'm sure you're headed there. Oh, yes, we We are, are. for sure. All right. Thank you for being on.
4: Awesome. All right. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, girls. Bye. Truly
3: heartfelt thanks. So, our sweet and devoted listeners, we have a surprise for you. Jude and I want to invite you to join us in two weeks on Monday, 21 January, at 4 p.m. Central, when our distinguished guest will be none other than the rock and roll detective, Mr. Jim Birkenstadt. We are going to have a show about the Esher demos, a.k.a. Crack cocaine. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, the Easter demos are my new drug. Um, so Jim is going to be on hand, and he is going to lead us through four of the demos that are on this new, newly released disc on the remastered Beatles White Album. And the four that we're going to have him um, analyze for us include George Harrison's Circles, Not Guilty, and then we're going to have John's What's the New Mary Jane and Child of Nature. You are going to love hearing about all of this. I should be having a blog post on my website shortly that talks about the Easter demos, lenastag.com, and possibly some other announcements in the future. But The biggie is a Valentine contest that Jude and I are going to have where she said, she said, if you want to win one a a lovely prize, we have fantastic prizes. And go to our She Said, She Said Facebook page and like the page, share it, ask your friends to like it, comment. Do that every day for 14 days, and every time you – do something on there, it gets tallied, and we will throw your name in to the hat every day. So, we will be posting you know an announcement about that here shortly. So, be sure you watch our She Said, She Said Facebook page.
0: We are excited, it's going to be a Valentine giveaway. We'll have lots and lots of good gifts award to you. So it'll be between the 1st of February and the 14th of February. And the more you like the page and comment and share the page, the better chance you have. You can't win unless you play. And speaking of playing, if you guys love baseball and or the Beatles, and who doesn't love either baseball and or the Beatles, you're not going to want to miss guest blogger John Rickenback's brand new blog on Charlie O. Finley. You know, you remember Charlie O. Finley, the man who persisted in 1964 and got the Beatles to play Kansas City. Oh yeah, Kansas City, home of the Chiefs who won that exciting football game today and probably <laughs> are going on to the yeah. Super Bowl. So go to yeah. JohnLennonSeries.com and you can sign up for my brand new newsletter and you'll be able to read the newest, latest blog about charlie o from kansas city and the beatles you can also buy one of the few remaining copies of should have known better volume four in the john lennon series very happily thanks to all of you who have been so sweet and so kind and supportive we have less than 100 copies left of the thousand we printed in august so get out there and get those last 100 while the getting's good as they say
3: that's fantastic. Congratulations, Jude. And everyone that that reads your books are even more in love with John Lennon. You cannot be a John girl and still fall in love with John Lennon through your fantastic series, the John Lennon series. So for now we want to wish you all a great two thousand nineteen with food for thought, food for the soul, and food for the love of rock and roll. Ra and shine on.
2: There are places I remember